Hello and welcome to the Jerry Joe Soccer Show. I'm uh, joined here by Jenny. It's the uh, we're doing another episode of the Past, Present, and Future series. Um, and Jenny, a Legion Edit fan, is going to pick his favourite lead stars, one from with potential, one from the current team, and one that's his favourite from uh, from the past that's no longer no longer at Leeds. So. Um, the best way to start this is a wee bit of background, Jenny, on how long you've been supporting Leeds and sort of your experiences of, of being a Leeds fan over the years. Oh, wow. Now you take me back. Well, the, the, the first game I went to was back in 1977. It was uh, a lad's birthday at school and his, his father and him were season ticket holders. And it was Leeds versus Arsenal, funnily enough. And we got beat 3-1. I remember Tony Tony Curry scored the consolation goal, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. We were sat in the West Stand, which it was okay, but the noise and the atmosphere. Um, I, I'd always loved my football from being sort of five or six. I can remember the cup final in seventy two and seventy three, but I started to go on a more regular basis, probably from the seventy nine eighty season. I started going pretty much Jimmy Adamson's era. Um, towards the end of that era, actually, when he, he was getting quite a lot of grief. So I saw a couple of the UEFA Cup ties against Valletta, University Craiova. Then I remember going to the Cup game. We played Villa in the, whatever it was then, the League Cup or whatever. And we got beat. I just remember afterwards this massive demonstration and Leeds fans shouting for his head and horses came and it, it was chaotic. It was mad. And I've just, I was just hooked and I used to sort of go, not every home game, but I probably got two thirds of the home games in. And then probably from 16, 17, I went to every home game and I just started to do some one or two away games. <laughs> Derby County was my first away game at the baseball ground. We got beat 2-0 and Leeds fans started setting on fire to the uh, sort of the standing bit. And yeah, it was chaos coming out of the ground. And then the following week, we'd... Um, we went to Wolves, we got beat 3-1. And that was rubbish. Brian Flynn scored that day. And then it was the it was the season United, Man United had the chance of winning the league. They brought they must have brought 12, 13,000 to Ellen Road. And it was oh the atmosphere, Jerry. I'll never ever forget it. It was absolutely unbelievable. And we beat them 2-0. And that was a lively afternoon as well. So I've just kept going and going. And then you're probably too young to remember, but when, unfortunately, we did have a bit of a reputation in the day. And I think David Douse was the secretary at the time. Yeah, I'm sure it was him, not Alan Roberts. And they introduced this red card for away fans for like a membership. And if I remember rightly, you had to be a season ticket holder to get one of these cards. So the challenge for us was, well, we'll have to try and get into the home ends. Then a couple of the lads just said, look, why don't we just get a season ticket? You know, how much it was. So 87, 88 season, I got my very first season ticket and I've had one ever since, which will be 33, 34 years. And it's just, I just love it. You know, I just never, ever get sick of it. Even you know, that League One time, you know, the, the third season in League One, you're thinking, oh, God, how much more can I put up with this? But you go, you've got your friends. Away games were great, and it's it's just the buzz. And I know, you know, guys that are on here, I know Debbie and James are regulars, and they've seen a lot of the the, the the rough times. And that's why I think to us, it's kind of like, hey, so we've got beat yesterday. Of course, we're disappointed, but sixteen years when it, it was tough, and I think at one point we were down to about eleven thousand season ticket holders. You know, you think about it now, we've got a waiting list of what fifteen, twenty thousand. So you just got to take the rough with the smooth. But the one thing about it is, good, bad or indifferent, we've had some cracking days. And, and the, the first year, or the, sorry, the first time we'd been relegated, because obviously I'd only seen Leeds as they were, sadly, just on the, on the downslide. But that yeah. season, the eight years we got in second division, still says the best time I've had watching Leeds United. You know, when we got promoted at Bournemouth that day and we're down there and celebrating, I enjoyed that more weirdly than when we won the the old first division. Even though it was fantastic and it was it was brilliant, that 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 time spent um, in the second division was probably some of the best times I had watching Leeds. 
And I, my lad said to me, he said, do you think it would have been better this time, uh, the promotion, you know, had it not been for COVID? And I said, yeah, I think it would. Because eight years was long enough, but 16 years for us all to have to wait. I think it would have been some some celebration um, had fans been allowed. So, yeah, mate, I'd like to consider myself as a, a pretty decent loyal supporter over the years and I could never, ever, ever give it up no matter what happens. I think um, it's too, it's interesting just kind of like whenever you, you sort of like talk through it and like you think that obviously the, the 16 years, like I, I don't remember the the last, the, the previous promotion, my first, my first season. Um, following Leeds would have been the year before we won the league in 92, so it was 1991 season. I was born in 1984, um, so I was about like six or seven, and all I can remember really was going into the bookies with my dad on a Saturday morning, and looking, they used to have a league table, and I think Leeds finished fourth that year, and Man United were sixth, and every Saturday I went in and I looked at that, at that league table and that bookies, just to make sure Leeds were still above Man United, and I was, like that, that was that was the way it was. Like like my dad, my dad, he's been a fan since the nineteen seventy FA Cup final. So like I would imagine it was probably a weird a weird thing for him as well. Where like like obviously back then, like certainly throughout the eighties, like like um, football coverage wasn't what it is now. And like I think at that time, like my dad would pretty much tell you that like he basically got a paper on a Sunday morning, and there was maybe a paragraph about Leeds, you know, because they weren't in the first division at that time as well, you know, so like it, it um, it's interesting and, and, and like, like while Leeds are like not that popular in Ireland, um, I know quite a few Leeds fans, you know, like, like, like no matter where you go, there's always one or two about like and it must have been weird for, for them as well, um, you know, supporting and as you say, like 24 years out of the top flight, so probably the majority of your time hasn't even been in the, the top division, which is which is obviously, you know, it's 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 encouraging, you know, that, that obviously they have the support that we have. Um, but uh, I always think it, it's interesting, and I've been reading the sort of books. I've been reading a few of the book the books um, from the Glorieva era, and people talking about like the struggles that they seem to have to like with attendances until kind of like they started to win stuff in the in the sixties and like. Obviously, people forget, like, you kind of think, like, all oh, Leeds are a massive club, but for the first kind of 40, 50 years, they didn't win anything, like, you know, and it was, like, it was kind of, it was kind of strange, obviously, but what we'll do is we'll start off with your <clears throat> player for the future. So, obviously, the the Leeds under-23s seem to be pretty stacked at the minute. I see the one again today. They seem to be doing pretty well. Um, so, I imagine that the player for the future is going to be someone that's featuring in that team. So if you want to uh, go ahead and tell us, talk us through your process and uh, who, who it is. This this was a difficult one, but I've I've gone with Gelthart. Um I don't obviously don't get the chance to go and watch the the under twenty threes other than what we can see on on LUTV. But uh, there's there's a guy that I know through a friend who's actually a, a big Wigan fan, and he'd mentioned this guy a few times. I'd never heard of him, you know, but he'd go on about this 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 lad. Um, I think he played about 18, 19 games for Wigan, scored mm-hmm. a couple of goals. And when I heard last summer that Leeds were interested, I thought, well, that's, that's, that's quite interesting. And the, the money being taught was, was was not a lot, wasn't it? They, they were going through a, a difficult time um, financially. I think they were in danger of actually going into administration. In fact, they might have gone into admin. Did, did they go into admin? That's what got them relegated, I think, wasn't it? I think they did, I Because they, they, did they yeah. not get like, a, a points deduction? I think was there, there was something crazy about, like, their owner was, like, a like Asian bookie and, like, his bookies had supposedly taken all these mad bets on Wigan getting relegated before it was known they were in such financial troubles. Like, so, yeah, I think there was. Yeah. Think it, no, it was, wasn't it? Because they went on a really, really good run. Mm-hmm. And they got hit with the 10 points. And it was to do, if they didn't go down, they wouldn't get it. If they did go down, they'd, they'd get it. And I think they were quite peeved off the way it was done. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you know, Leeds were linked with this guy. And I was chatting to my friend through work. And he said, oh, he said his, his mate was really gutted. He said, because he's, 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 he's top, top draw. So when he, when he signed and obviously watching a few of the games on the under-23s, I, I mean, we could have chosen one of many. But some of the things I've seen and his goals, his movement, he, he just looks, he looks like he has it all. And I was listening to, I can't remember who it was now, 
from from either the Yorkshire Post or it might be in the Athletic, must have spoke to somebody who's obviously worked with Gelthard from a very young age. To put him in the same sort of bracket as a Wayne Rooney, who I'm sure you could probably remember Wayne at 16 years old, you know, his, ever, his debut against Arsenal. I mean, that's some comparison to be to be put against, isn't it? Because putting aside where he went, there's no no doubting he was an absolute class act. So I'm pleased he's just starting to get a bit of a, a chance around the first team squad now to experience that. And I, I think he's won for next season that Bielsa will will bring through. And I think he could be there to challenge um, some of the first teamers because you can't go and spend 100 million every every summer. And I think, you know, this crop of players, some will make it at certain levels. But I generally believe from what I've seen, people who speak about the lad, I generally believe he is definitely one that could excite us in the next couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. I was having a look at his record. He seems to, I think um, he got another assist there today. They were playing the under-23s, mm-hmm. were playing Reading. Did, yeah. did you actually get the, the goalie set up? No, I just I just saw this. Um, they were playing Reading at, at one o'clock and they were, they were winning 2-0 at half-time. Three, it finished 3 0. Um, finished 3 0. I say I've not had a chance to catch up with the uh, yeah. the rest of the game, but it was. I tell you what, is what his setup was like. It was like the the penalty that Arsenal got yesterday, um, where like Melee took the took the touch and he closed the goalkeeper down and just got like a toe on the ball and kicked it to is it I think it's Stuart McKinstry. Um, he yeah, scored two. Yeah, so um, so yes, he he scored two. So he just tapped it to him, and he tapped it into the net. But it was it was a very it was a the sort of goal that you can just tell if Bielsa was making a short list of goal of the season. You know his his work rate in that goal. You know he'll appreciate like he scored the goal the other week, which is a great left foot curler. But you can just tell his work rate ran after closed down the defender, ran after the goalkeeper, got the ball. It was just something that Bielsa would love. Um, but yeah, he's seen that, and I think he scored. He's got a couple of assists, I think. Was it maybe seven goals or something for the under 23s? And I was looking, he's got a good record for the England, um, the England teams under under 16, 17s, and 18s. He's all been capped yeah. at, and he's yeah. scored a number of goals for them. And as you say, I seen, I seen the comparison with Wayne Rooney, I seen that talked about, and I was kind of like, he's a, he's a Liverpool born lad, and I was like, is it just because of that? And then is like sort of like dri- dribbling powerful he's not he's not the biggest again so you can see the comparisons obviously it's i don't like putting i don't like putting pressure on, on young no. players like that um you know to say that he's the next win Renee and whatever but no um he's exciting only 18 I, I i had it in my head he was older like when i think whenever whenever um i seen that he had played like i think he played whenever i was looking earlier 21 games for wigan apparently over two seasons um I kind of thought like he must have been like 16, 17 when he made his debut for them anyway. So no, it's um it's definitely encouraging and and that team they do seem that it's it's good to see so many of that team and uh, doing well. And I think it was something that every time Leeds signed a player this summer, it kind of seemed like they maybe signed one for the first team and then two for like the younger teams. And you know it's, it's interesting to see that like, he seems to be doing well. Greenwood seems to be doing well. The wee guy for, that came from Holland, um, Feyenoord, uh, Somerville. He seems yeah, to be... I reckon he's starting to look um, a, a good well, act. At the end of the really day, yeah. sorry, Jack, it's really encouraging. Look, yeah. you know, I still, I, mean, I was lucky enough. We'll talk a bit later on, but you know, some of the young kids Eddie Gray had when he was manager. You still look at that. Team under O'Leary with you know Kuehl, Smith, Hart, Kelly, Speed. You know, Atty was in amongst that lot as well. I know he 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 made his debut a little bit earlier, but there was some proper quality that came out of that youth team, and it was a youth. Quite a few of them were involved in the youth team that won won the cup over two legs against United. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so it is something that Leeds have, have traditionally done well. Like even like like going back as far as like the Don Revy teams. Like it was one of the things was he like so many of them players were maybe signed from other places when they were really young, but they got a couple of years under his you know the, the coaching staff there and, and brought them through. So it's good to see that they're they're bringing in um, young players and as I say the, the results for the under twenty threes have been brilliant. Like um, I think they're eight or nine unbeaten or something, eight or nine wins in a row something like that. It's, it's it's phenomenal. And I think the other thing, Jerry, getting into the Premier League, you know, you wonder if we'd have got these players had we not been promoted. Because you're not talking 
you know, under a grand now, you know, we're talking a million plus for Greenwood, similar for oh. the right back from Fulham. And as I say, Gelhart was what, three quarters of a million to a million. That, that's that's still a lot of investment on, on a player and players that have yet to, to make it at the top level. So they obviously believe in these guys and I just think it's great and it's encouraging. And as a fan, there's nothing better than seeing a lad come through from all, you know, like, like a Calvin, but also some of these young lads we're trying to capture now, you know, it'd be great to see one or two of them make it in, in, in the Premier League. And I guess also they're probably thinking we, we might be able to get a few quid back on these guys at some point if need be. And, you know, that's, that's, that's business at the end of the day, but no, it's really encouraging. It's, it's really good. I think um, even like sort of like during the, the, the years out of the Premier League, like, there was even some guys come through all them teams as well. And, like, unfortunately, we weren't able to keep them. And probably if we didn't get promoted um, last season, pro- like probably Calvin Phillips would have probably moved on. And so being in the Premier League and staying in the Premier League, um, hopefully whenever these guys, you know, do start the, the potential um, comes through and they get into the, the first team, we're able to keep keep them for a wee while, you know, and, um, and integrate them rather than, like I always think some of the guys that we had, you know, and like it's just so disappointing that they, they moved on, you know, and like like one of the ones I always thought was like um, Lewis Cook was one that I, I really liked at the time and yeah. uh, obviously he moved on and but um, hopefully whenever this generation are, are coming through, we get the use of them in the Premier League and uh, hopefully they, uh, they grow and develop with us and uh, continue on in the journey with us. So we'll move mm-hmm. into the current team. So there's a number, there's a number of players that could could certainly be considered here. Um, so who have you gone with? I've gone with the man Luke Ayling. It's an it's an interesting choice. It is an interesting. It's not, it's not the obvious choice. Like I mm. I would have said the obvious choice would have probably been Calvin or Rafinha, and um, based on what they've done this season. So I'm interested in hearing um, what what it is about Luke Ayling then that that he's your your number one from the, the from the current team. I think it was. A, you're right. It was a difficult one. I think a lot of people. I know you mentioned Rafina, but Pablo would have been probably high up on on people's current current list. Yeah. But I just I just think about. I remember we were going over to Fleetwood. We had, we had one of them Coca Cola Cup games, midweek games, and it, and it came up on the radio that they were signing this Luke Ayling for a couple of hundred thousand pound. Never heard of him. And, you know, as it was then, you get all the social media. And I think quite a lot of city, Bristol City fans seemed to quite glad that he'd gone. Um, and I think he made his debut, if I remember. And I'm, I'm no stats, Jerry. You might know better than I do. We played QPR because we were at QPR for the first game of the season. And we got beat 3-0 down at Loftus Road. It was it was awful. I'm not sure if it was Berardi or somebody else got injured. So oh, Gary Monk, Monk went to obviously get a replacement. And say Luke Ayling came in. I think he played about 40-odd games that season. And I always remember saying to me, mate, I said, I like the look of him. He seemed, you know, he had stamina, he was up and down, defended well. He, he just he just looked looked the part. And I'm thinking, £200,000, this, this, this could be a steal. And as the next season came on, he, he just grew and grew. And he, he, he clearly became a big favourite of, of the fans. And he was one of those players that you would, a bit like Berard, you were desperate for him to get a goal because, you know, he came close a few times and I think he got his first goal. We played Rotherham, but it was one of those that had it crossed the line, hasn't it crossed the line? So he was never be able to give one of his celebrations, obviously, that we've, we've enjoyed, um, particularly last season. But I think what also made me go for Luke, Jerry, was watching the documentary. He just comes across as such a genuinely nice guy in the sense of, he doesn't think he's better than anybody. And in that second documentary, when he's saying, look, I don't even know if I'm going to be good enough for the Premier League. You know, I think he was generally doubting whether or not he's gone as far as he can. Mm. And boy, has he been some player for Leeds. He's up there for me with one or two others for player of the season. He has been absolutely superb. Yeah, he's had a couple of off days. But I just think for what we paid, he's played right back. He's played centre-half for us. And... I don't know if you remember, but there was a time when he was going through a little bit of a bad patch and he was starting to get grief from fans. And I remember being at the away game and just saying, this guy, what, what are you playing at? Oh, he's rubbish. He's, this is... I said, hang on a minute. So he's having a bit of a bad time. I said, give the lad a break. 
He's been absolutely outstanding. Of course, other Leeds fans, yeah, you're right, mate. You know, bloody get off his back. Because I can't do with it. And it's typical Bielsa. I think even some of the local journalists were saying it might not do him any harm just to take him out of that environment. But Bielsa was like, no, nah, I'll stick with him. And Nailing came through it. And, and he's been absolutely superb. And tell you what, if Leeds said tomorrow you can go in the summer, I reckon you'd get a few million quid still at 29 for, for Luke Ayling. And I I think it's a difficult, you know, Kyle Walker and Al, Arnold at Liverpool. But I tell you what, if any, any one of them two were to get injured, I, I would seriously think he's got to be considered for the England setup. I'm not getting carried away, but I think he's been that good, Jerry. He's been absolutely superb. And I... I always remember that interview, as we all do, against after the Forest defeat. And he, he told it as it was, didn't he? He, he, he mm. took it, it all from his heart. And as we know what happened after that, we went on and the rest is history. But yeah, he's, he's, not, he's done it the hard way, hasn't he? <clears throat> Didn't make it at Arsenal. Went to Yeovil, played 150-odd games for Yeovil. Went to Bristol. <clears throat> I think he played quite a lot of games at centre-half at Bristol City. He's come to mm. Leeds and... <clears throat> What Bielsa has done to him to turn him into the player, it's just just unbelievable. So, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, Luke Ayling, definitely, <clears throat> absolutely brilliant, brilliant player. Here's a question for you about Luke Ayling, right? See, from watching him and is the sort of attributes and the things that he's good at, is it, are we not absolutely screaming out for when Calvin's injured? What about him as the, as the defensive midfielder? Oh, it's a good question, is that? He's never been talked about in that in that, that vein, has he? And I, 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 I thought the first time, see the first time at the start of the season whenever he went into centre-back and it was just spraying passes left and right and I, it, it genuinely just made me think, is it, could, could, he play, could he play in midfield? And like a, a full-back to midfield, like a lot of the time, like it, like it happens, do you know what I mean? There's some of them, like, like you like look at the likes of like Philip Lamb went and played right back and, and left back and then he went into midfield towards the end of his career and I just think like I just think his eye for a pass and the way he moves the ball about I, I really think that he could do I think he could play there yeah, I, I, I mean again it comes back to you know who Mr Bielsa clearly doesn't think he's got um, in his eyes he obviously doesn't feel he's the right player to be in that position but it's a good shout Jerry. I've, I've not really considered that with with Ayling, I, I was thinking more only because I know he's played there for Germany a couple of times, but I know he's out injured. But but Cox played there a couple of times, hasn't he? He has, he has, yeah. You have to give Bielsa a ring, Jerry, and have a word with him and say, Look, Marcelo, I know you know everything, but I've got a proposition. <laughs> I'm putting a campaign through Ayling. <laughs> It's definitely something like like from the one of the first game. I can't even remember who it was. It was against, and I just remember him just spraying passes. And I, I'm pretty sure I posted something on Twitter about it, you know, and, and it just kind of went to the back of my mind. But I was actually sitting watching the game again yesterday, and I just kind of was like thinking to myself, I was like, like why could he he could really play there? Because see, even like because of the way he plays, like obviously the man to man working system. Like so many times, you'll see Rafinha is essentially where our right back is because. So many forwards now come inside, and Ealing's marking somebody in the midfield anyway. And Rafinha is like with the left back, you know, traipsing down the wing. And I don't know. I just I think I think there I think there's potential there, like. Um, but you never know. What while we're while we're talking about the Ealing, we have to talk about that goal. I'm not even I'm, I'm not even going I'm going to say anything more than that because I know you know what I'm talking about. Oh, it's well, it it was. Last game we were able to see live, wasn't it? <clears throat> the Leeds Huddersfield game. Yeah. Wow, yeah, it's still, still just unbelievable. Um, <laughs> I mean, I tell you what, though, before we go on to that, the goal he get he got against Birmingham, you know, in the five four, <clears throat> that yeah. was some pretty goal as well. That 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 afternoon, that I thought mm, that will take some beating for a, from a right back, and then wow, you, you're not going to score a better goal than that, are you? It kind of had, it kind of like, like as you say, like he, he went all at that time and like he never scored for like ages. And then like, there was kind of like a run of like like a couple of months where like he, he tallied a few up. Like I think he's got in total, I think at least he's got six goals. Yeah, he's got, I, got would say, I would say three or four of them must have come over like about a two or three month period. Like, yeah, they did. Just that he was scoring regularly. But that, that Hubbard goal, like as you say, it was what a goal. Like it was like, I think it, at the time it was looking at it and I was like, 
like, what are you doing? Just just take the ball down and put it and then you're just like, holy, like, has he really just done that? You know, and like, as you say, a right back, a guy like, like, look, look, Ailing, formerly of Yeovil, Bristol City, like, if Rafinha done that and you're like, right, that's a Brazilian guy doing that, you would be like, wow, but like, this is your right back. Do you know what I mean? It's, it was it was one of those that was just it was a sensational sensational goal. The goal of the season for you last year, Jerry. It was it was I think it was dead win it didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was a bit nervous after Ben White scored that goal in the last game, wasn't he? You thought that because <laughs> that wasn't a bad uh, a bad finish, but it was just ball coming over. And when he hit yeah. it, it was like wow, it's in the net, jumping up, going mad in the buddy in the stands, and it was. Letting his hair down, the way he celebrated. Uh, it always makes me laugh. The hair, yeah. the first thing to do, get the hair on. The guitar, it was just... No, he just, like I say, he just seems a genuinely, generally decent guy. And let's not forget, as well as the goals, he does make a lot of assists as well with the runs that he does. You know, the amount of times he gets that ball into the box. You know, he's, he's, I, don't, I don't know the figure, but I bet he's got a few assists to his name uh, in the last couple of seasons. I... um. Like brutally, brutally honest, I definitely would have. Like, if you were sending me players that Leeds need to replace, he would have been. He would have been high on my list. Like, he would have been like, like, no, nah, I just don't think he's got it for the Premier League. But you know what? He's he's really surprised me, and he's been brilliant. And and I, and to be fair to them, like most of the guys who say probably says weren't going to be good enough, I would have said it about Stuart Dallas. I would have said it about Liam Cooper, and they've all been brilliant. So you know, it shows you. Like, I, I can sit here and talk crap, but. You know these guys are are proving us all wrong, and and long may it continue. As far as I'm concerned, um, no, I t- t- totally agree. And uh, I think, like you say, there was probably a few people questioned. You know, again, trying to question BL. So what's what? what why is he having so many of the team? And yet, last two or three games, I think we finished with eight, nine, ten of the players that that were in the championship playing most weeks last season. So. A lot of credit, you know, we, we talked about Bielsa just before we came on air. But this is what this guy is good at. Because the Dallases, the Aliens, the Coopers, they were all half-decent championship players. And to turn them into, like I say, you've got, I said before, I, I, I don't think Luke Aliens a million miles away. Don't think he'll make it, but I think he must be on the radar. Talking about Bamford on the radar. Obviously, Stewie Dallas is already playing for, for, for Ireland, but he's become an even better player, I think, since, since Bielsa came on and Liam Cooper again yesterday he's getting grief it's as if they all want to pick on him he didn't have his best game but let's be right not many of them had a decent game in that first half did they but I don't like it don't like it at all don't mind constructive criticism but to start slagging a player off yeah nah don't need him don't need it Um, I think part of it is like and it, it seems like some players are just like the easier targets, like the the likes of players. Some sometimes, I don't know. It feels like sometimes it is like the kind of like, like the local ones, you know, that kind of seem to get the the grief, like you know. And I don't know. Like, like I'll be honest. Like I I will say, and I if I think there's some a player, like I will be the first to cri- to criticize. But I'm not like it's not like a it's not like a personal, you know. Like like sometimes it like. Stuff's really personal, you know, and, and like, mm. like if I look at a player and I think that guy's not playing well or I don't think that guy's good enough, I'll say it. But at the same time, you know, whenever they prove me wrong, I'd be the first person to say, do you know what? Liam Cooper, Liam Cooper is, a, is absolutely a prime example. What what a turnaround from him. Like, you know, he's like, well, I say, I say what a turnaround, but, but just more a turnaround in my head from where I thought Liam Cooper <laughs> would have been as a Premier League centre-back. I would be like, no, nah, no way. He don't, he's not he's not quick enough, you know. He, he couldn't do it, but you know what? He, these before yesterday, obviously nobody got a pass mark yesterday. But the last three or four games, um, particularly against Palace, thought he was brilliant. Thought he was absolutely outstanding, and he's been leading by example as well. You know, I like that. I like that in the captain. You know, somebody where like you can kind of see like um, certain captains will just kind of like go on and do their own bit. But you know, he's kind of there and he's he's leading. He's Guiding players around him and stuff, you know, like that's that for me is a great player. Like you know, I think he's brilliant. See one of the ones you mentioned as well. One of the things I want to ask you about, um, you'd mentioned there about Patrick Bamford and England. Do you think he has a chance? I think 
he has a chance. I think it wouldn't surprise me if Southgate was to look at him. I think I think they've got is it a couple of internationals coming up in March. Uh, I think so. It, it wouldn't surprise me if he maybe wants to have a look at him at that level. Because at the end of the day, he'll know Kane and the rest of them are, are, are pretty much, they're going to be there. But unfortunately, what normally happens is there's always one or two key players that get get out and are injured, aren't they? So, mm-hmm. like I was saying with Aileen, it's a case of if Kyle Walker or Arnold were to get injured, well, who else is there? And there are other options, but from Southgate's point of view, then why not have a look at an ailing? But certainly with Bamford, I think if he, you know, continues the way he's playing, he brings something different. I know people have always said him, he doesn't score enough goals, he doesn't do this. But if you watch him live, some of the stuff he does, the way he takes players, and he's he's become more of a bully in himself. You know, he's, he's, he, you don't push him off the ball easily. I know he sometimes looks at lazier player. He's not. And he's actually... A lot quicker than I think we give him credit for as a, as a, as a footballer. And it, it would be great, you know. I love it when he gets interviewed. He's, he's, he's quite funny, isn't he? He's, yeah, he's this boy. But again, he comes across very down to earth. And, you know, that one the other week after the Palace game, he, he has a bit of a laugh and a joke with, 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 the, um, with the commentary team and just seems a generally nice guy. And you can sense that with the team. It's that spirit. You know, you talk about criticism. I think, you know, Luke Aylin, you know, the goal that Calvin, um, the Everton guy scored for the corner. He put his hands up and said, look, my man, I've made a mistake. And, and he was probably disappointed about the goal um, Brighton scored. You know, he, he switched off and Morpé had far too much time to to get the goal. I like that in a player. You know, somebody who can put their hands up and say, that's my fault. You know, I didn't do my job and sorry, but I'll move on. And, and you've got to give people credit for that. And, and I think Bamford's, that type of play. I think they all are. I, th- I think they're all pretty honest and down-to-earth set of guys. And I think that's why it works. You can you can sense that teamness together. And you, you, we all love to see players being honest with each other. And, and, and even Liam Cooper, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He doesn't go out on purpose to make a mistake. He's a genuine lad who wants to go out, do his best for Leeds United. Um, and I think, like you just said, He's, he's done all right this season. You know, he's, he's made a couple of mistakes, but as we've said before, they all have. But yeah, what do you think? I mean, do you think he's knocking on that door, Bamford? I think he was pretty close back in November, wasn't he, they reckon? I, th- I think Bamford, I think the problem that Bamford has is there's so many, like, multifunctional forwards in the England team where I think if Bamford could go and do a shift on the right or the left as well, I think he would have a better chance. Whereas I think at the minute, like Harry Kane and Dominic Calvert-Lewin are probably going to be the centre forwards. And then you're going to have the likes of like your Rashfords and other guys like that who can play on the wing or could play up front if they need. I think that's the problem that Bamford's going to face. Mm. If one of those two, Kane or or Calvert-Lewin, gets injured, then possibly. But I just think, from what I've seen, um, Southgate seems to prefer the kind of... um, strikers that can play a couple of different positions but one thing I wanted to touch on there about as you mentioned about the honesty um, among the players and like them taking responsibility I think that comes from the very the very top down where how many times have you seen Bielsa in an interview um, coming out and taking full responsibility for a defeat like every time he does that and I think that breeds with the players like you see like like other managers, like how many times has um, Jose Mourinho come out and threw the players under the bus? And oh. like Jurgen Klopp even has done it a couple of times where um, like he's went out and he's kind of like, says there are a few times it was like, yeah, we've got some problems and like, you know, like certain players, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I think that comes from the top down. I think Bielsa is, he takes responsibility and then that leadership leads to all our players taking responsibility and that's what you want like at the end of the day I hate watching an interview with a footballer and it's just cliched your guy James Madison at Leicester he's been getting a lot of plaudits lately for just telling the truth and saying honestly mm-hmm. honestly, what's going on um, and I think it's a good thing um, but so the man of the present is Luke Ealing so yeah. just, just some stats some stats and on Ealing um, so Arsenal apparently won a Premier League Academy and an FA Youth Cup, won the playoffs with Yeovil 
won League One and the Football League trophy with Bristol City, and then the only one that we really care about is he won the Championship with Leeds last year. So, um, 172 appearances for Leeds now, he has in all competitions. Um, I think actually, whenever I was looking at that, normally there's a big gap between all competitions and league appearances, where like maybe they've had like 30 odd appearances in all competitions. I think it's interesting that Ealing hasn't had a big gap, which kind of shows that whenever it comes to the cup competitions, he doesn't always play because he is so established as, you know, first choice and he tends to get rested for some of those games. So I thought that was interesting as well. Um, you might be interested to know that Sheffield United are getting bit. Um, I don't know whether... Yeah, so De- Declan Rice, I think, just scored a penalty. So just got the game on the background there. But, um, I think well, highlights, doesn't it? You know, you look... How excited they got last season, finishing ninth, and look what's happened this. That second season's tougher than you. Some can be tougher than the first season in the Premier League. But I just get the feeling Leeds will spend big money again for the right players, where they know already they need to bring in that that quality. Whereas I think Sheffield United didn't do that, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I, th- I think. Um... Obviously, I don't have the kind of same like, like I, I, I'm thinking. I know a couple of Sheffield Wednesday fans, but I don't think I've ever met a Sheffield United fan. Um, so obviously, I'm sure you're very different coming from where you're coming from. But <laughs> over here, it's it's not a it's not um, Sheffield United or But I, for me, um, they're a team that that kind of you do probably have to take a, a a few warnings from where like. They came up last season, and Chris Wilder, obviously, he's a guy who I really rate as a manager, by the way. Um, but I think he came up, and, and, and they had a different style, which is similar to Leeds. And they had players who weren't necessarily players that had a lot of experience in the Premier League, and their system worked. And I think the lesson we need to learn, as you say, is there's a few upgrades needed. Like, if you basically stick with the same system, but a few upgrades... Um, Cover in certain areas, and that'll be what will you know avoid the second second season syndrome, so to speak. But anyway, moving on then to the player of the past. So there, there's there must be loads and loads of names that you could have picked here from you know from from back whenever um, you were a young lad and and uh, different ones. So I know who you've picked, unless you've changed it, but. Um, I'll let you tell us um, how how you came about picking this guy. Oh, this 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 was tough, tough. But I've gone with John Sheridan. I just um, when when people say who's who's your all time favourite Leeds player, I probably I've got three. I've got Nigel Martin, Dave Batty, and Sheridan. And we're going to more. I've chosen Sheridan, but when when the young kids were around, you had like Kelly, you had Tommy Wright. Aidan Butterworth, they all used to be in town centre and it's no secret, Sheridan uh, is a bit of a lad, he liked to drink and I think the story goes, he used to get that hammered on a weekend when he played under Billy, he didn't turn up on a Monday, he didn't have to train on a Monday because he was already gone from, from the weekend. I remember we bumped into him once in town and he was absolutely off his head, but we all were, but we're having the banter and all the rest of it, but I remember watching him come on a I know he made his debut against Middlesbrough. I can't hand on heart saying I was at the game, but I can't remember if I remember him coming on and, and making his debut. But he played a few games that season. Then the following season, he, he started to play more. And he, he he could score some crackers. You know, the free kicks, took a lot of the penalties. But it's that 86-87 season when we got to the semi-final of the FA Cup and we got to the playoffs. And I'd still say that's one of my most memorable and enjoyable seasons ever watching Leeds United. I mean, we went to the Hawthorns on that cold Sunday to watch us play Telford in the Cup. And any other team, that would have been cancelled. It was like an ice ring, but we beat them 2-1. And there's about 2,000 Leeds fans. And I was laughing, actually. Uh, I was reading a few comments from the local journalists and commentators saying Monday night against Palace was like one of the coldest nights. I tell you what, that Sunday at West Brom, anyone out there that was there, I think we spent the whole 90 minutes just jumping up and down like that, singing. It was absolutely <laughs> freezing. So we got through that and we thought, oh, that's good. But that season, Sheridan was just unbelievable. 
I think he scored 15, 16. In fact, I think the goal at St Andrews was his 16th goal of the season, Jerry. And he was just fantastic. Um, massive, massive fan. Now, that year, the second division, and there was, you know, we, you had the Tommy Wrights, you had Aidan Butterworth, uh, and the Linigan was a decent player. But there's something about Sheridan. It was just, didn't take any nonsense, but boy, could that lad play. And, and as I say, we went to the, we played Swindon. And I remember it, that, that it was cancelled on the weekend, again, because of the weather. And the reasoning behind it, a lot of Leeds fans thought the police didn't want Leeds fans down there. So it was rearranged for a Tuesday night. <laughs> and I think about three and a half, four thousand turned up. I remember being at the turnstile, this guy's like, where, where are you all coming from? I said, oh, we're here to watch the mighty Leeds. And we won that night. And I don't know why, but there's suddenly a belief we might be onto something here. And Sheridan was, Ian Baird's another player that I was a massive fan of, Bairdy. You know, talk about your heart on your sleeve and, and working your socks off. Never scored enough goals, but again, his work rate, and he, he was massive, massive Ian Baird fan. But yeah, that, that, that season, Jerry, was just brilliant. And then, of course, we got to the semis. Yeah, we had a great day out and it didn't turn out. But then the playoffs and do you know what? Even now, 34 years on, of all the defeats, that is the number one defeat ever. That still gets to me. That night, we were seven, eight minutes away from going up. We were still jumping up and down, celebrating. Charlton, wasn't it? Charlton Athletic. Oh. Well, we played the we played the, the first leg at Selhurst Park, and I, I always remember we, we we drove down, and sadly there was a, a fatal accident on the motorway. Oh. And thousands of Leeds fans were running late, and we all thought. We'll do the right thing. They'll, they'll postpone the kickoff, you know, put it back. Not a chance. So we didn't get to the ground till half time. And we got beat. I think Jim Melrose scored for them. We went on to play for Leeds um, some time after. Then we got the winner. I think Bob Taylor stroke Ormsby got the winner at Ellen Road. So we went to St Andrews on the Friday night. And there was probably a, a thousand Cholton fans and 15,000 Leeds fans. Mm -hmm. Wow. When that free kick went in, it was just, just, as I say, even now I get so excited and giddy just just remember it like it was yesterday and then the heartbreak of that Shirtcliffe two goals in the space of a few minutes and after the game the Leeds fans we wouldn't leave we demanded the players all had to come back out and they started throwing the shirts the socks the shorts I don't think I got home till about five o'clock in the morning and oh never never have I been so gutted of a defeat and even now I don't know why but it just it's living me forever and I'm sure there's many other Leeds fans who, who were there that night could probably relate to what I'm I'm saying. But with Shez, he was the amount of times he got Leeds out out the mire. You know, it was like a one man show with his some of his free kicks. I remember one, and I know it's all over YouTube that against Derby where he sort of flicks it up with his foot and smashes it, bang, back of the net, and and he, and he could do that for fun. And 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 he was, and he was, he was a lad. A few sendings off. But I tell you what, I, I, I'm sure he can't have had many better times in his football career than at, at, at Leeds. I know he won a trophy at Chef Wednesday, but he, he was idolised. He was absolutely brilliant. And I don't think it turned out quite well when Wilco came. don't think him and, him and Shed saw eye to eye. And then he had that bizarre move to Forest. That never happened, didn't he? Don't think, don't think him and Brian Clough. It was a strange he one. Played one. He played one game. I probably was reading about it earlier. He played one game for them and then he went to Sheffield Wednesday like, after like three months or something. Yeah, it was something something as daft as that. And he went and played quite a lot of games for Chef Wednesday, didn't he? Mm -hmm. See, he my, my, my memories of John Sheridan are that you were saying about he won the cup against Man United. He scored the winner that day. Yeah. I remember that. I can remember that. And that was 1991, apparently. I can remember that. I remember watching the game. And a lot of like my childhood memories of watching football matches are like my dad pointing to people and saying, he used to play for Leeds, he used to play for Leeds, he used to play for Leeds. And I always remember John Sheridan used to play for Leeds. And I also remember him then playing for Ireland as well. Mm. I remember him, he played um, the game at Giant Stadium in, in 1994. Uh, Ireland beat Italy 1-0 and Ray Houghton scored the winner. But John Sheridan hit the bar that day. Um, he hit the bar and like Ireland were really good that day and like Paul McGrath I always remember against Roberto Baggio um, McGrath was like one arm he had like an injured shoulder or something and he marked Baggio out of the game but I always remember Sheridan it's like Keane gets a ball on the left and like Roy Keane beat about three men 
and passed it to Sheridan and he hit the bar like and that's that, that those are like my main memories of him. So like I know obviously he played for Leeds and Madias because he was a good player for Leeds and from reading I've been reading obviously there's been a lot of stuff um sort of from the centenary. There was a lot of writing done around the centenary there. And it seems that like anything that's talked about in the eighties is John Sheridan. It's it kind of feels like he was on his own there in the eighties. Like w- w- would you have said that was like how it was kind of or or like what was there did it like what was the support cast like at the time? Oh, it was it, 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 as I say, he was like a one man show at times. It just yeah. it just it was just incredible, and you know you, you just. I'd love to know his record on penalties. I, I was trying to think today when I, if, if I can remember seeing him miss a penalty, but probably the fact I was had a few beers each time I used to go and watch Leeds regularly in them days. Um, I probably didn't remember half the games. <laughs> I'd be interested to see what his, you know, if he missed many for Leeds because yeah. I remember being at Stoke and we, we we got battered. It was the year when we got beat six two, and Billy Blessing said that will not happen again under me. And then the following year we, it was a Sunday. And he took. The, I always remember he scored the penalty, and he went up to the keeper and just gives it like that to the keeper, and just like shook his head as if to say, "What's gone on this afternoon?" And we got beat seven two. I think Bairdy scored the other, but he, he just had it in his locker when you know a bit the amount of time Strachan, and I know that team under under Howard there was a lot. You know, Chris Fairclough and, and real quality started to come to that that team, but Strachan could get us out the mire, couldn't he? When when things weren't going right. And, and Sheridan did that so many times for Leeds. And as I say, I'd love to know the split between free kicks and his penalties. He obviously scored a few goals where he'd got on the back on the end of a, a cross or something. But I think he's got about, I, I, did, I did check this one up actually, 52 goals in his 200 plus appearances for Leeds. Yeah, I think I looked at that as well. I'm just kind of looking to see. Did I read it? No, I don't even read it down. Yeah, I think you've got. 260 odd appearances, Jerry, and he scored yeah. 52 goals for Leeds between 82 and 89. Yeah. Um, probably Howard didn't like the idea that he didn't want to turn up to training on a Monday after a, <laughs> a weekend on the bevy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say that would have would have rubbed a few managers up the wrong way. Like, but I was kind of looking. It seemed that like um, obviously he went to Sheffield Wednesday that time and done well under um, Big Ron Atkinson and, and Trevor Francis. But Plate, David Plate, then seemed to like not. Take too, take too well to him. Um, and that was kind of the end there. But I was looking at his managerial career as well. And it's like, he's managed so many teams. But like, they're all kind of like League One, League Two kind of level. Like, like have you sort of like, what would you have thought? Would you have thought like at the time, did you think, obviously I suppose, if he's a guy that was running about and he was in the bars, he probably wouldn't have thought he was going to be a manager. But I take it that kind of came out of left field, did it? Yeah, I was, I was I was quite surprised. I think I think from memory, Jerry, I think he also had a brother that played at professional football. It might have been Darren Sheridan. Yeah, uh, that I'm sure he had, he had he had a brother that also played at a, a reasonable level. But oh. yeah, I was I was quite surprised. I think I mean it's probably rumours, wasn't it? But when Chilino was here, there was some speculation that Sheridan was in in line for one of the. Uh, the many jobs that Chilino had vacant because you didn't last that long under Chilino, did you? No. So yeah, I was surprised. Um, I've not really looked at his managerial career. I don't know if you've had, had a good look. Um, he seems to have moved around quite a bit recently. What Chesterfield? Is, is it Swindon now? Swindon is out now. Yeah, even yeah. even at a spell last year in Ireland with uh, oh, with yeah. Waterford down in Waterford. Yeah, which is it's right down in the south coast. But um, is only the only things he's ever won. Um, whenever he was a manager, was a one league two with Chesterfield, and then the next season he won that football league trophy, which I think was like the Johnson's paint type thing, you yeah. know, like that kind of trophy. So he won, he won that. Um, but yeah, he's, he seems to be like sort of from like the managerial side. For some reason, the one that sticks out with me is, is like whenever he was at Oldham. Um, mm-hmm. I think he played played there for a good while, and then he might have been a caretaker or a player manager or something for a while, and then he took over and. It sort of sticks out, but I um, certainly for me, probably, obviously, I don't, as I say, I don't remember him from supporting Leeds or from playing for Leeds. I think he's 89 he left, so yes, it was before did. my time, but he, um, I do remember him obviously playing for Ireland. And like, I think he played in the, the, the definitely, I think he played all the games in World Cup 94 and he made one appearance at Italia 90. Um, but yeah, so, so John Sheridan. Yeah, but, 
I mean, when I again starting to watch them, one player that I, I managed to watch a few times and was a very skillful player was was the Alex Sabella before Sheridan's time. Passed away there recently um, too, didn't he? Pardon? He passed away there recently, yeah, didn't he? Did, yeah, yeah. I think I think he managed the um, Argentina, but. Yeah. For me, all the years I was watching, as, as I said earlier on, the, the downside, he was one player that just lifted everyone. Because we were playing in front of 12,000, 13,000 fans in those days. And us, as always, could always be a hardcore of a couple of thousand travelling up and down the country. And he, he just, did I just, just stuck with me as somebody that I really, really admired. And he, he always has been since then. As I say, one of my, one of my all-time favourite players for Leeds United. And it's, it, it's a... It was a difficult decision, but it wasn't because I just, just the lad was just great. Really was. Um, I think he would have fitted in. Well, he would have done if he'd have got on with Wilco. And I think he could have done all right, you know, in one or two of the great lead sides, sort of under O'Leary and and that type of team. But again, I think maybe his attitude and his the, the way he went about things, was your sense was probably his downfall. You can't go on the last all weekend and have Mondays off, can you? Under people like Howard Wilkinson, George Graham, you're not, you're not going to get away with it, are you? And at, at the end of the day, you need to be really, really good to get away with that, like don't you? But um, suppose that there's certain, there are certain players that that um, that got away with, with with certain things, and obviously, if he was the key man at the time, maybe Billy was was happy happy for him to do it, and um, I know certainly like. Um, the likes of Big Ron. I know I've heard stories about him um, with Paul McGrath and, you know, letting McGrath kind of, like, not train. So, if he, if Big Ron had him at Sheffield Wednesday, maybe that arrangement suited. You know, he was happy enough for that kind of a thing. Um, yeah. and, and, and I think in those days, it probably was, yeah, just let him get on with it. As long as he turns up midweek or on a Saturday and does the business, who cares what he does on the weekend? And I'm, I'm sure going back to the 60s, the 70s, you know, Look at the great, you know, George Best and people like that. Frank Worthington, you know, bloody out the night before, but he womanise until five in the morning and then turn up and have an absolute blinder. Paul Gascoigne, you know, stories of Gas are turning up absolutely hammered and having man of the match performances. So, you know, it's gone on for years. Uh, I don't I don't think it happens as often now, or if it does, it's clearly under the radar, isn't it? <laughs> it's a different it's a different mindset these days. I think with social media nowadays, they definitely wouldn't go away with it either. Like, but just whenever we're saying about like the the sort of like the players and that there, and it's just a, a funny wee sort of anecdote. Um, for it was actually in Paul McGrath's autobiography, and he was taught it was Big Ron again. And there's like bits in McGrath. I don't know if you ever have you ever read it, Paul McGrath's autobiography. I no, I haven't. It's a good story. Like it's pretty interesting. But there's bits in it where like obviously he's kind of just went off the rails, and there's others filling in the gaps and like telling their side of the stories. So there's a bit about Big Ron and, and they're talking about, they're saying about McGrath, Whiteside and Brian Robson at United, um, all being big drinkers. And they say, like, like, do you not think you could have done something to stop the culture? And his response was that if he had his way, he would have got the other eight to go out drinking with them because they were his three best players every Saturday. You know, so... No, but, I, um, yeah, yeah, I've heard quite a few stories on Robson as well. I think he uh, he was well up for a, a beer or two, wasn't he? But like you say, some players can do it. They can drink and then turn up on a Saturday, whatever, midweek, and turn it on. And, and Ches was able to do that. He was, yeah, he was, he was outstanding. Outstanding. Um, I can't remember if we how much we sold him to Forest for. 650000 Yeah, I, I did write that down. I didn't write down how many games he played in the game. You wrote that down? Yeah. But, and then did, um, Chef, did Chef Wednesday buy him off Forest? They must have done, yeah, because I was looking and it was like he went um, and like I think it was like November '89 or something, like November '89, and like he had went to them in like August '89, so it was like really quick. It seemed to be a really quick turnaround because I was I was reading it earlier and, and I was kind of thought like I wondered what he ha what happened because it says he played one game in the League Cup. And he never played a league game for Forest and just League Cup. That was it. But wow. I think it's interesting as well, obviously. Um, Sher like Sheridan like likes a beer and he obviously Man Manchester Stratford born I think he was and went on to become an Irish international under another um, another Leeds legend and big Jack Charlton you know so I would say those two would have probably liked the beer together like oh yeah used to be, had, um, used to be if you, you drunk him we could play together. for Ireland you know? he's another he's definitely another big Jack was another character so he was, 
But so that's mm-hmm. the uh, yeah. Did you see his documentary? Come back, Jerry. Did you see the the Finding Jack Turton documentary at all? Have we lost each other? Have we? Yeah. Oh, I'm back. Are you you just disappeared then, Jerry? Oh, sorry. I don't know what happened. No, I was I was here. I, was, I could see you the whole time, but uh, no. I was saying, did you did you see the the Jack Charlton documentary? Is he lost? Am I lost? I think we're we've maybe lost each other, but the um we were pretty much done anyway. Um, so Jenny's players then, Joe Gelhard, um, Leeds signed from Wigan, um, Luke Ealing, um, obviously in the current team and. Player of the past, John Sheridan. So um, three, uh, three good players. Um, so I don't know whether can Jenny hear me? Can you hear me at the I minute? Yeah, yeah, I can hear loud and clear. You just disappeared off the screen. You, you, your lovely face went. That was it. I just got a blank <laughs> screen, Jerry. I was well, talking to myself. Yeah, no, that's that's the um, that's us awesome anyway. With we've got the three the three players. Um, so my thanks to uh, Jenny for. Um, well, there's almost an hour of his time, so thanks for That'd thanks for coming up and, and uh, talking about. I always, always love hearing. Like it's it's interesting to hear the the, the future one and the, the current one, but I always like to hear the best the, the stories of the old ones. So, um, thanks for thanks for your time on that, and uh, obviously it'll be interesting to see then is uh, John Sheridan. How many other Leeds fans is John Sheridan's the top of the list then? So, um, but uh, when are you doing uh, your theory? When are you going to do your three? Uh, do you know what? Do you know what? I probably, I, I pretty much know my my my, um, my, my story of the past. He, uh, I'll, I'll, without giving too much away, well, uh, do you know what? I'll just no. give it away. No but, doubt you but, should play one. Honestly, you should get one of the guys to to, to do it. Interview you, yeah, and you should do your three. I maybe will. I maybe will. No, you but, should. Uh, I know. It's interesting. I know, do you know what my Do you know what my problem is? See so many of the players that I really liked growing up. So many of them done us badly whenever it all went wrong. Like two of them would have been Alan Smith and Harry Kuehl. And now I can't really stand the two guys. No. So it, a clue a clue is it's not those two. And then, and another one who I did, re- I did really like, and it wouldn't be him, but I did really like him was Gary Speed. Um, he was probably my first hero. He would have been my first hero where like whenever I was a kid, um, Speed was speed was my first one, but I think I think I maybe will do a do a wee video at some point of who my three are, but um, I'll not uh, I'll not give it away. So no, no, um, I, think it, I think it'd be good for everybody, you know, across the se- rest of the season to hear, you know, JKs, Wilco's, James and Deb, you know, just sort of get a feel for their sort of top three because it's it is interesting. I think, I think the kind of the, the, the pro, as you say, over the course of like a, a period, because I don't want to like just go and then like. And somebody else pick the same the same three. Do you know what I mean? So it's probably no, no. a case of pick pick um pick it out over a different sort of like a wee period of time. But definitely, I think it's an interesting concept. But um, we'll uh, we'll see. Obviously, try and maybe get a couple of other teams for supporters to do it, and then get back another one of the leads ones. Um, and we'll uh, try and get everybody a turn, as you say. No, but um, interesting. Yeah. But we need you, yeah, Jerry. So, you've, you've definitely got to do one before the season's out. Your top three. Uh, yeah, I think well, I think well. I think you I think I've probably given away an office to whom a current player is. Like I think everybody knows that. Which um which Brazilian winger is your favourite Leeds player? Um but anyway. Um no, seriously, um thanks thanks for coming on and doing it. It's um it's been a pleasure as always. Um, I've no doubt you'll be, we'll be catching up again soon, and hopefully, just please God on Friday night, you know, a wee win for Leeds. You know, it's it's all very well sitting and saying we're doing well, we've got thirty two points, but you know, I just I just want to win the all the matches. Do you know what I mean? Is it too much to ask? <laughs> no, no, it's not. I think we should have that attitude. You know, yeah. we're realistic, but I think we've got it in us to go to Wolves and get a result. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I just hope Calvin's going to be fit. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I just don't want to be sitting on half seven or whatever on, on Friday night and 
making a fool of myself on Twitter saying about how Bielsa knows nothing because he's playing straight in midfield again, you know. Making an idiot of myself as usual, but in there. But uh, plenty of us do that every week, Jerry. Uh, like you say, we try and do it constructively and in a, a, uh, a the right way, not in a in a, in a way that slags people off because you now these guys go out and give hundred percent wherever they're playing on the field. Yeah. I yeah, think I'm going for two one on Friday. I'm going for. What are you saying? Two two one two one for Leeds. Two, I do you know what? I'll take one now. I'd be delighted with one now, but um. The uh, I think there should be something for me anyway. Like there should be like a wee heart rate monitor, and like if I go to log on to Twitter and the heart rate's too high, it like gives me an electric shock or something and stops me from doing it because it, it uh, it's the worst. But anyway, but no, seriously, thanks very much for your time. And as I say, I'm, I've no doubt we'll be we'll be on again uh, at some point talking over one of the matches over the next couple of weeks. But it's been a pleasure to have you on this particular series and given that. Uh, Joe Gellhart, Luke Ealing and John Sheridan as your lead stars of the past, present and future. So thank you very much, Jenny, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Take care. All the best. Cheers, man. Thank you.